You're listening to A Little Happy Podcast, weekly conversations about marriage, kids, work, friendships, and the pursuit of living an authentic life. A Little Happy Podcast, where small moments make a big life. Happy spring and a happy belated Mother's Day. Oh my gosh, happy almost last day of school, happy almost summer. Wow. It's, it is a busy time of year. Natty, how have you been? Well, hello. I'm good. You were just listing off all of the different like spring and Mother's Day and last day of school. And that just, I just feel tired. (laughs) Well, you know, I had a mom tell me a long time ago that the last week of school is really like the week of Christmas where it's just like, you know, a lot of things all at once, right? Oh my gosh. I totally feel that right now. Yeah, I know. you. Hey, and listen, this podcast recording is coming at the perfect time because your twins turned five today. Today. Oh listen. my God. Did you ever think you would get to, no. <laughs> to this point of having no. twins be five? Well, <clears throat> first of all, I don't think I ever would have gotten, thought I would have gotten to the point of being able to do something so cool as you know, recording a podcast on a weekly basis with you, first of all. Oh. Second of all, though, Absolutely not. Like <laughs> five. I remember when when um when we had the twins. I like, you know, in a moment of pan- many moments of panic, found all these women who had twin who were you know moms of multiples. And I remember, like, the first question being like, when does it get easier? <laughs> right. Or like, when does when does this not feel like so much? And they said, uh, if you can make it to five years old, and then. Here you are. You can make it. And um, I would say, like, I feel like maybe the pressure valve has released just enough over the last few days. Is that few right? days. Yeah. yeah. So the little balloon, like the end of the balloon is going, like <laughs> a little bit of, of air release. Seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, this is a big week at our house. So we've got the twins. They turn five today. And this is the last week of school. So I've got an almost fifth grader. I mean – the uh, the energy and the emotions are running high. High. Big time. Big yeah. time. Uh, yeah. Well, congratulations to you. You've made it look effortless and you've done it with this sense of humor. I always said until my kids turned about four and a half, I felt like I was on suicide watch with them. Like anything could happen at any point. Emergency mm. room visit, broken this, mm-hmm. that, you know, but now five, it's like they're independent. They understand safety. Don't touch the hot stove all the things. So like, um, I can't wait to just hear and listen to how these, these amazing twins progress because they are high hilarious. Um, <laughs> I very much enjoy follow Natty on Instagram. She posts their life and I'm telling you these, these two, um, they're, they're really, um, they're fun and fun to watch. So good stuff. And you can't forget Mr. Will in there, fourth grader. I know. He's so great. And you know what? I mean, honestly, I've said it before and I'll say it every single day as many times as I can is the reason that um, we are here is because of all of the kindness of so many people who've loved our family for the last five years and have like literally picked me up and carried my children when I haven't been able to. Um, And so it's awesome, but it does give good time. I mean, you were mentioning, um, you know, Mother's Day was last weekend and all of this stuff going on. I know your girls are home for the summer. Some of your girls are home for the summer. Like, and yes. God, that load of, of like being a parent, what'd you say? 
I was laughing. Oh I yeah. Was like, oh, yes, they are. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, have, I have older kids. Our my youngest just our youngest just turned seventeen um a couple of weeks ago here in May. And we started this tradition first uh, with our oldest, um, who's now twenty three, and then Caroline is home from college, twenty. So we have a an adult um kiddo in, back in the house um who is you know, rocking college, but I'm like, this is not college. This is Mm -mm. our home. Right. But she's very respectful and great, but ground rules important uh, for both of us. Right. Um, Mm. And so navigating all of that energy. And then we do have an end of the school year party um, that we started, I think when Susanna was in fourth grade and the last day of school is always a half day. And we just do a big, um, we live on a small little lake and we just have a ton of kids over and they just jump around and, and um, blow off some steam from the end of the school year. So always look forward to that. I'll be super sad when those days, when those days are over, but I'll throw <laughs> it for you and the, the, your kids. How about that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll come up. We'll do that. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Any, any party that Mary Susan Buner throws is a good party. So we sign, uh, can I come up today and do that? When is that tomorrow? Oh my gosh. I'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, but for sure. So yeah, we were kind of talking about noodling around this idea of, um, is motherhood. I, 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 I have to tell you my minister our, our pastor on mother's day service actually brought this up. His part of his sermon was, is motherhood too big for one person. And I literally almost jumped out of the pew and ran and grabbed the mic and was like, yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to answer that for you right now. Everybody can go home right now because right. it absolutely is. Bye-bye. The, ser- the sermon's over. Yes, that's it. That's all. Um, but I thought it was a really interesting um, approach uh, to a sermon on Mother's Day. And it really got me thinking um, you know, especially when you touch on the boy or, or um, kids and the twins' birthdays and how many people carried you through, uh, you know, do you ever sit in the responsibility of what what motherhood has been thus far? Mm. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I love that reflection from your pastor about <clears throat> that the you know that it's too heavy of a load to carry on your own, or you know, um, yeah, it's too big of a job. I mean, I. You know, I was talking with a friend the other day about this and I said, um, I've seen, I saw a meme on Instagram once that said something like, um, you know, do you remember, or would you have, would you have done it differently if you would have remembered or known that this was like the last night of, of real sleep, blissful, unworried, unwavering, just knock out sleep that you would have had before having children. And I kind of laughed reflecting like I'd, you know, cause the, the, the worry, um, and just the mental thought and all of that, you know, the responsibility, like you said, of being a parent, um, is massive and it's immense. And, um, so yeah, especially, you know, around times like mother's day or when my children are going through, you know, life stages like end of school or birthdays, I become more reflective on the responsibility of motherhood. I mean, do you, does the responsibility sit with you? Oh my gosh. First of all, I think motherhood is a sentence in its own, just motherhood Mm. period. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about sleep and no, I never, I never really knew that. Um, I mean, sleep is such a far distant cousin that I've met like once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Over the last few weeks, you know how like you're like I think I have a relative that lives if you're traveling in this neck of the world, but I'm not really sure. Like that's kind of how I feel about sleep, and 
you know, the thing about motherhood is, you know, it's so cliche that, um, you know, that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but it's the God's honest truth. Like there's like flat out, that's just the way it is. Like it's the truth. And, um, Mm. you know, someone once said, you know, like sleep is everything, like everything for me balances on, you know, if I can't get sleep, um, then, you know, I kind of turn into like a one horn monster, right? (laughs) So giving yourself that permission to catch up on that, um, is a responsibility, because I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a better human, a better mom if I'm rested, but it doesn't, nobody, nobody comes to me with like a silver tray and a bell and rings and it's like, you know, it will be time. For, here's your sleep mask mm-hmm. and I will be drawing the shades and now it's time for you to rest. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that has never happened. So, you know, sitting in, what am I responsible for so that I am a good mother? And, um, so yeah, that's one of the things, um, that comes to mind. And, and absolutely, you know, I, I think as my kids have aged, I, you spend so much time when your kids are little talking and, and warning, you know, don't do this, don't run out, like all these lessons that are are paramount for safety and, and health and wellness for your kids. And then there's a pivot when they get older, that you have to trust that you said it enough, and you need to stop talking and listen more. Mm. And I've had to learn that, um, that skill set with my adult kids, because, you know, the older the kids, you still have complicated problems, the problems don't go away. Mm -hmm. But um, they're responsible for their choices. So it's a lot of listening, more than like, like constantly talking. Does that make sense? Right, right. Well, just kind of against everything. (laughs) You're like, but here you are, children, for my my morning TED talk. (laughs) So there is a responsibility for me to be like, Mary Susan, just listen, right? Yeah, man, but that's hard, right? Like, I think I have talked to my mom a lot. You know, I'm the oldest of four. All of us are grown grown ups now. Like, my youngest sister just got married last summer or last May. Actually, it'll be a year this this month. and I have two brothers in the middle and my, I've asked my mom, like, what, um, what's been the hardest or the most challenging phase of being a mom for you? And she says, she has reflected and said, like, right now for her oh. of parenting adult children, because she's like, what you just said, the consequences of your decisions are bigger. They affect more people, right? Especially if you've been, you've gotten married and you have your own children, um, and we don't have much influence now over stuff. We just hope that, like you said, the things that um, we instilled in you early on are somewhere inside so you can make informed decisions and do things, you know, with your own your own decision-making. And I looked at her, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It's net. Like, like wait, what? wait a second. I was told when the twins turned five, it'd be like easy breezy. <laughs> you graduated. You're like, I thought I did. Right. And you know, this morning when I woke up and, you know, my son came in, I don't feel the easy breezy thing that that friend who had the twins told me I'd feel when they're five years old. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's like you said, it comes in moments, it comes in waves. So like when that comes, like enjoy that enjoy that wave. But, um, okay. So think, tell your mom, thank you. Like that is a really great dose of reality, but listen, knowledge is power. I like knowing, um, 
I like knowing that. And it's always a pivot for us moms. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a one size fits all throughout um, motherhood. Your kids are all different. And you see that with even twins, how different Henry and Margaret are. And they like, we're born at the same time. Right. Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, okay, so that's a thing, right? Like that the way I mean, I'm I just I am still continually surprised at how much I'm learning about myself and about this job. Like you mentioned that it, your pastor talked about the fact that motherhood is too big of a job for one person, and I don't think I'd ever really thought about it in that lens until having um more kids and until my kids started to get bigger is it is it is a full-time career. It is a I mean, it is the biggest job that I've ever signed up for. And I continually look at Chris and I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for any of this, you know? And right. the fact that all three children require different versions of me, Oh, right? Like there's not really a one size fits all. Like, do you have that with your kids? Okay. So, you know, when you and I were noodling around this idea about motherhood being too big of a, of a role for one person, which I like wholeheartedly was like, praise God, somebody said it out loud and like mm. in public. I was that. So yes to that. And then to answer your question, I have three girls. So um, the overall approach, and I'm, I'm learning this with my adult kids, the overall approach of raising them was the same because they were all girls, although they were all very different. And we, we never did comparison. They're, they're their own humans. But people like to compare kids that look similar, that are stair-stepped in age. So, you know, mm -hmm. we'd walk somewhere and they would automatically start to compare when they were all like two, four, six, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but we never intentionally did that ever. Be your own person, but share our value system as a family revolved around four things. We called it the three plus one rule. And because we added one on, by the way. Mm. So for a long <laughs> I love time, that. it was just the rule of three. And then we added one on. So then it became, they're like, oh, you're changing the rules. Okay. So now it's a three plus one rule, right? Right. So those things we, ex we, our expectation as parents were, can we please, you know, share these, these three plus one things and value systems, but for the three of you to be different and express yourself in whatever form that is, right? Mm. Um, I wouldn't say that that is really hard to do because when you're in a home slinging hash and you got like a job and you got animals, you know, if you have pets and you're on a time frame, you have soccer and all the things, it's very hard to stop and think that you're going to like wipe your hands on your apron and bend down and be like, now I see where you're coming from. And it's very different than your sister. No, that's not how it went. It was mm -hmm. like. I, sorry, you feel that way? Everybody load up and grab their stuff and get in the car. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it, it does get very messy because there's not a whole lot of time and energy to be, where I'm going to use three kids for me and you have three kids to be three versions of yourself at the exact same time. Yeah, it's tough. It's very tough to be, I mean, think about that. That's like multiple personalities, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to, to do that. And, and this, this notion of sharing the load and, and, um, bringing in people that can help you with that. Um, you know, how, how does that overall, like, how do you manage that? Did you know you were doing that intentionally? Did you know you needed that? And does that help you navigate, um, you know, I guess the responsibility of it? Mm. Well, 
It's a good question. And, um, and as you were, you were asking it, I was reflecting back like early on, um, right when the twins were born, I was, I was told that I needed help and it was, it was demanded because I was so sick after I had the twins. I ended up back in the hospital. I think I've told you that. Like, you know, I got home and then I had all this, I I had postpartum preeclampsia. And so essentially it's like your body shutting down after having babies. Yes. Your life was that way. Yeah. Very scary. And so, so I had to go back into the hospital. I was there for three days um, by myself. I couldn't have visitors. I was put on all these different things. Um, And so I had to let go quickly of, um, of control, right. Of, uh, and of the perception that I could do it, (laughs) do it all. And so my, my mother-in-law and my mom and Chris really, um, were the sole, you know, caretakers of the babies and of Will and in those really early days. And, um, but it was in, that was in crisis. And so like, I, I remember, you know, there was so much happening that I really wasn't much thought put into it, except for like, the doctor said, this is what you have to do. So go do it. Um, but if I'm, if I'm thinking back now on times where I have tried to just do it all, let's say, or, or just be like, well, Chris and I will, we'll just figure it out. Usually over time, it's not sustainable for me because you get tired. I get tired. I get worn down. I'm not able to take care of myself. Chris and I, our relationship suffers quickly. Um, you know, and, um, and so if I look back, I mean, hindsight's 2020 usually for me, um, the moments where, um, where I feel like the responsibility of taking care of these kids and the responsibility of being a parent, um, has felt manageable is when I've allowed all of the people in to the mess. Yes. But for me, it's mess. It's always messy. It's never what I wanted people to see, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you have that too, like these moments where, um, I think there's something about expectation setting. We, we talked a lot about that. I was thinking back when you and I were noodling on this idea of talking about like motherhood, um, we've talked about mental load and we've talked about asking for help and all of that. And I, and all of that really ties into some of this, um, in expectation setting, um, that I have so often come back to what you, you have mentioned it before, um, but of simplifying stuff, um, to make the load a little easier and letting people in. I have found a ton of relief and I don't know if you have felt the same. I do. You know, I was told early on, I had a I had a friend who I just adore and she and I work together. She just happens to be about 12 to 15 years older than I am. So we started working together when I was in my 20s. So, you know, she was mid thirties in in the craziness of, of grade school with her kids. And, you know, I'd be like the person who she'd be like, can you please go pick up Patrick from second grade? I have to go take Katie to blah, blah, blah. And I'd like roll up and be like, Patrick, what's up? You know, I was like 25, you know, 22, 23 years old, right out of college. Mm-hmm. He was like, where is my mom? I was yeah. like, she's busy. Get in the car, Patrick. Yeah. You know? And if Patrick <laughs> ever listens to this, we talk about it. So, um, and laugh about it because he has his own kids now. But um, all that being said, I was told early on um, to have a mom mentor. Um, and I found, I found that with this, with this friend, Christy. 
Um, and hopefully we can get her on the podcast because she is the one who talks me off the ledge and imparts wisdom, but Mm. she's enough ahead of me and motherhood that she has lived it and seen it and understands probably, um, what's going to happen or can, can give me, um, help me navigate. So I highly recommend if you have an aunt or a cousin or a friend or somebody who's just ahead of it a little bit further than you are who impart wisdom that you can call and, and, and bounce stuff off of. It it has been, it has been everything to me. Um, And then I have my peers in motherhood that are the same age that have walked alongside this with me. And um, I, when my kids were younger, I think we were so busy. It was easier to keep things to myself. Mm. As kids get older and problems get more complicated or, or issues get bigger, um, I have re thanks to Christy who said, you know, um, invest in your girlfriends. You're going to need them. That when mm-hmm. I turned 50, I don't know if I've ever told this story. When I turned 50, I went to her and I was like, so what's your advice? And I swear to God, I thought she was going to say, um, you know, more date nights with your husband now that your kids are out. Like I thought she, I, I just prepared <laughs> myself. She's like, you're going to have to be nice to Zach. Like, and I was like, so give it to me straight. Like, what, what do I need to know going into 50? And she goes, invest in your girlfriends. You're going to need them. Mm. And I was and ha- like, has that rang true? Oh my gosh. And I have really been an open book with my peers um, as we walk alongside, uh, you know, I, we're not raising adult kids. We are, like your mom said, we are, we are, I don't know, guiding mm. adult kids and we just let it all hang out. Like it is just a huge like we go out to dinner and I am surprised we haven't gotten kicked out because we just all <laughs> let it hang out that that's cathartic and it's supportive and there's no judgment. Um, and I share that role with a lot of great women who show up for me um, with no judgment. So I, I highly, I want to say invest in those people you trust. You're going to need them through all the way through motherhood, all the way. Yeah. There's something about the idea too of um, being vulnerable enough to like really actually let people see what's happening, you know, like I have found like so much and in, so I would say to, you know, to you, you are a little bit older than me. I would, I would consider you one of those people of my, in the tribe of women who I look to of a couple of things. First is expanding the the, the tribe of people, right? The women who are in your life um, to include both your peers, your people who are like walking with you every day, right? Yes. Like the lifers. And then also um, the women, like the, the ones that you, you may, um, who may be surprising to be in that group of people who are a little bit older than you, um, who may be a bit, bit younger than you um, to provide this different perspective. Because I think that's what has happened with me is I have just, as someone told me once, like, do not try and reinvent some of this stuff because it's already been done by people. So just copy and paste, like copy yeah. and paste a good bedtime routine, copy and paste the way you can get your kids to church on Sundays if you, if that's a, something that you're trying to prioritize, copy and paste the way that you're going to do breakfast out the door. and. I have found in the last two years that method um, and then tweaking it over time to make it feel more like us has worked so much better than me trying to think that I can – like that we have some really unique way of doing – no, no, no. 
Don't be unique right. in that you're way. So you know, original. you're so original, right? Like, right. Toast a pop tart. I know it's a gr- right. right. <laughs> Congratulations. How to like, toast a pop tart? <laughs> but my po- yes, I totally agree with what you're saying, and and you know, I typically this does not apply with how I live my life, but I agree with you. Where on certain things, the copy and paste method is kind of like the high roads overrated. Like mm. your kid's going to survive if they eat a Pop-Tart in the car. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's um, totally fine. Right. And it's kind of overrated to think that, you know, farm fresh eggs every morning and all that, but you're right. It's, it's so true. And I think back to what you, what you originally asked when I started to realize that it was a, a bigger role than what I was prepared for. I don't know if you feel this way. Fourth grade is um, when my kids were in fourth grade, I you can manage motherhood when, when you, you know, it's a lot of labor and it's a lot of love, but, um, when it starts getting like a hard math problem, you mm-hmm. know, like in fourth grade, I could help my kids with their math. And then all of a sudden they got to sixth grade and I was like, Oh my God, this is a really hard math problem. Like, I have <laughs> no idea how to do that. Like, and I'd be like, I'd be kind of scared. And they'd be like, wait, mom, you don't know how to do sixth grade math. And I'd be like, uh, you know, let me, let me look in the back of the book and see if I can figure out the, inter- but I'm thinking to myself, Oh my God, no, I don't know how to do this math problem. And I have no idea. So I'm going to get a tutor. Uh, oh, weird. You know, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to ask for help. That's so, I mean, such a weird concept, right? Right. But, um, you know, the math analogy is kind of the, the, the thing about, you know, when we start to outgrow the math problem with motherhood, bring in others who might know the answer. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Instead of like toiling over the pride of like, I'm, I was in sixth grade. I'm pretty sure I can figure out how to do this math problem. No, <laughs> that part of my brain is dead. Like it's gone forever. Yeah. It's um, been a minute since you've been in sixth grade, Mary Susan. When the train left the station doing 45, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so they kind of look at it as, as bringing in um, help when the math problem gets too hard with motherhood. Uh, and I have found that to be true. So I, I appreciate your mom's approach and I appreciate my minister's approach to really help us reflect on this and really be thoughtful and, and, and think this through. Um, and I think it's perfect that it's coming around the twins birthday and it's right after mother's day to really reflect on it and set some attention, you know, our intentions as a mom, right? Sure. Well, it gives time. I like this time of year. Spring, usually um, people kind of like come out of their homes and the earth is like starting to bloom again. So things get green and flowers come up. And I think that there, you know, there's a lot of symbolism there around new beginnings and new intention. And um, and I'm careful to set new, like New Year's resolutions are tough for me because I um, sometimes I don't stick with them and then you feel guilty about them later. But this idea of, of, thinking, just being able to reflect on the previous year and then think forward about what are things that have worked well and what are things that maybe I want to do better on. Like for me right now, it's um, when I get home, can I just not have my cell phone out um, in the the hours of my children being home so I can be more present with them? Like that's a real hard thing for me right now is um, feeling like I'm still connected. And for me and for Chris, feeling like we're connected to our phones and I know it's only going to get worse as our children get devices too. But like this idea of if I, can I just, can we set the intention that at five o'clock when we come home, 
until 7.30 when the twins take – when everyone starts to do like bath time. Exactly when I text you nonstop. I know. And then I come back like last night. Yeah, I know. I came back. I'm like 35 text messages from Mary Susan Buhner. Like – You know, I'm glad that's your window. That's exactly my window that I catch up on stuff. But how great – but how great is that? Like that's the perfect example of where we are in motherhood is like I'm in the thick and you are like you're easy breezy from five to seven because you probably are on from seven to ten, you know. And so I love that. But but you know, just some of those things to be able to reflect on like where where can I find moments knowing it's not going to be perfect? Where can I find moments where I can just tweak and I can just tweak again and then over time, you know, it, again, it doesn't have to be every single minute of every day that I'm showing up that way, but that I can be present, you know, I think is, um, I, that's what I'm managing right now is a lot of like, how present can I be? Um, and for me to be present, I need to make sure that I've set up myself and my day to have enough time for me. Right. So then in the evening I can be around for my kids, you know, and, um, cause you're right. Like when we're in it, like when we pick up the twins, like it is like literally, I think Henry yesterday said mom like uh, 800 times from the time we picked him up to like at home. And Chris was even laughing. Finally, I looked at Henry and I said, do you know there's a dad that lives here? Oh, that's and so he, weird. There and is. he turned around and he looked at Chris and like smiled at him and then turned back at me and said, mom, like, oh, yeah, there you go. Right. You know, like, way to go, pal. Right. Hilarious. No. But like, you know, I think mm-hmm. there is so much, but the, the, I love how you started with the reflection that um, being a mom, being a caregiver, you know, I know there are a lot of people who listen um, who probably are mothers. There are a lot of people who are taking care of other people, whether it's children or adults, uh, you know, aging adults or friends, that this idea of having to care for another being is is a huge responsibility. It is too big of a job for one person to do it It by themselves. And, you know, we have found, I, I, when I, when my men, mom mentor shared that with me, we did ask somebody to walk alongside us, Mary Beth, who is my kid's godmother. Mm. And we asked her just, would you be a spiritual guide for our kids? I mean, that's a technical term, I believe, but you know, somebody who would walk alongside us as we, as we do that. And she has done that from little to middle to big and, um, you know, I think that uh, I'm grateful for that because um, because it is somebody with our similar value system who we trust, who our kids turn to for advice, and and it has been paramount in our life to share that with her and for her to take on that responsibility. Um, I highly recommend any any mom or parent listening to find somebody whether you put a title to it, like godmother or not, it doesn't have to, it can be an aunt, it can be a sister, it can be, you know, whomever that is to say, you know, like a formal, like I'm proposing to you, will you please walk alongside me as we, as we navigate life and raise our kids. And I'm very grateful all those years ago, she said it'd be an honor and she has stuck to that. She has shown up. And let me tell you, there's been some tough times because sometimes my kids will go to her Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of me, and she's like, you just got to trust me. You just got to trust, you know, and, but you know, that's important too, for them to have somebody, I can't just 
although I would like to be their sun and their moon, um, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not the reality. And that's not a healthy approach to it, right? So let no. others in, right? Let others in. I love the idea of um, the intentionality behind asking someone to be a part of your life in that way. I had give, been given that advice too about like rather than just assume or be like, we're really good friends, right? Like we're really good friends and you love my kids and I love your kids. No, no, no. Like really sitting down and saying – Here's the thing. I'm going to need help for the for the durate for the long haul here. Yes. And I care so much about your perspective and your guidance and you you fill in a, a gap in our family that I need help with. Will yes. you be in would you be interested in coming along the messy parts of life with me um with the unconditional part part of it, right? You accept this rose. Yeah. I mean, honestly though, like, can we all just go like, maybe that's what, like, if I haven't yet done that with some of my girlfriends, I'm thinking about your names right now. Like, guess what's coming after this episode? I'm coming out and we're, I'm proposing to you again. Like, but, and to come back to it on a yearly basis, like, Hey, Mary Susan, thank you for continuing to provide perspective for me about X, Y, and Z. Can we, can we still be in relationship that way together? Like, I I mean, I just signed my heating and cooling. Uh, renewal, you know, uh, you know what? a year. So if, when you I, s- if we want a contract renewal, I kind of feel like the person who uh, who walks alongside you deserves the same type of <laughs> the same type of opportunity. I like, think when you are when you it? when you set, <laughs> when you set up your heating and cooling renewal, you need to set up your like tribe of women renewal. Shoot! Oh my gosh! There's my reminder when they're like, "Hello, yeah. you need to send in your." $159 to renew. I'm like, and I need to call Mary Beth and ask her if she'll continue to guide my kids spiritually. A hundred percent though. I saw this thing on Instagram. I thought we could close with it. It's really great. There's this um, poet that I, or, you know, a writer, but she's a, you know, a poet. Her name's Hannah Rosenberg. And she wrote this thing. I just saw it yesterday and actually screenshot it. I don't know if I sent it to you yet, but the title of it's Tribe of Women. Can I read it to you? Oh, please. Yes. It says, every doubt, question, lonely thought is met by a council of women who are who repeat the words back until my aria sounds like a chorus. Our stories aren't ours alone. For each time we fear they might be, a woman opens a door and ushers us in, proving no amount of advancement can diminish this truth. A woman's life is not intended to be lived alone, but rather among a tribe of women. And I thought, like, in the reflection of you know, the responsibility of motherhood and the responsibility of being a, of being a woman or a tribe of women that really resonated with me, you know, that, um, that our lives are not intended to be lived alone, that instead we're supposed to be together. I think that's how it was in scripture. I think that's why I was brought up in church on mother's day is that's not how it was. And we're getting, we could be getting further from that as a society. I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not an expert in that, but I, I do think that that is how they navigated um, prior and multi, you know, whether it's multi-generational homes or neighbors, people were neighborly, people did um, block parties. It was a community. It comes down to community and you and I yeah. touched on that, the importance of community. Um, you know, maybe we'll need to reach out to Mary Beth and see if she would come on and talk about her role as a formal godmother, because she does a beautiful job of you know, every family has drama, right? She does a beautiful mm-hmm. job staying out of like, I'm not interfering with, with the parenting, like, you know, you and Zach on what you decide, 
but I don't know how she has done it. So maybe she has her own mentor. I would be a great interview to have because she's done an amazing job um, to do it. And um, there's a, there's a song I'd like to, you know, put out there for people to to Mm -hmm. listen to. My middle daughter uh, put a video to it for me for my birthday. And I always think about it at Mother's Day. If you all can hop on and listen to it on, on Spotify or Apple music or whatever, it's called mother like mine. And it's Mm. by band Perry. And it, it is her it is the lead singer talking about how she feels about her mom as an adult person. And, you know, you, you hope when you're in the thick of it, like you are now, or I'm, I'm um, still in it a bit uh, with my children, even though they're older, you hope that when your kids are older, that they reflect on you and write you a beautiful song like this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it is, it, it's kind of the mantra of the, uh, the perspective of the child growing up and reflecting on letting go of the mess and appreciating the beauty of what her mother was and is and does to the, you know, for mm. her. And um, I think that's what we all strive for. Like, you know, while we're in it, gosh, will it all work out so that our kids are grateful and on on the on the sacrifice and the work that we did, right? Yeah. It's awesome stuff. I mean, it's a it's a good reminder I needed it today, especially given, you know, where we are in this kind of big transition week for my family and my kid my younger kids, um, that I am so freaking thankful to know that I am not alone if I choose the path of bringing people in and that this thing, motherhood, living for me, it, 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 all of it's too big. Everything always feels too big for me. And so um, the idea of setting a council of women, you know, finding a council or a tribe of women um, and being intentional about relationship I'm in with people, I think is really cool. Um, so thanks for that reminder today, Mary Susan. Um, and I am grateful that you're a part of that council oh gosh, of women. Honey, I'm so grateful for you. You have been uh, so such a tremendous influence in my life and brought me such perspective and and not only just joy. Um, and with that, I'm just grateful for all of our listeners for always tuning in and always showing up. And yeah, I mean, it's it's everyday stuff and it's imperfect. And that's I think the beauty about what life is. You know, these small imperfect moments that make these big happy lives and. Um, and it's been wonderful to have the perspective of women um, come and share a bit of their life with us. So thank you for for all of that. Mary Susan, um, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram my uh, under my name, Mary Susan Buner, and on Facebook, the same. Thanks. And then you can always find me. Um, on Instagram at natdm19. You can find me on Facebook at Natty Metter. Uh, we, again, like Mary Susan said, we um, are so appreciative of those that listen and like and subscribe and leave us um, a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, your listens uh, really, truly mean the world to us and you sharing it with your friends and family is even better. So until next week, set some intention for yourself. Uh, I hope that um, you're able to Uh, reach out to the council of women who lift you up on a daily basis uh, and give them some love. Be kind and gentle to yourself. And we hope that you find a little happy along the way. We'll chat again soon. 